Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I have Chris Vines with me. Hey, guys. Well, we're back for another episode talking about student ministry and all things related. Uh, we want to just talk about this idea of dealing with criticism. If you're in ministry, or if you've been in ministry for any point of time, you have you've run into some criticism. Sometimes it's good stuff, sometimes it's bad, but it is something that we all deal with. Well, this week, Chris and I both ran into each other in Dallas. Why were we there, Chris? We were there for the Recharge Conference put on by Healthy Church Solutions, I think is how they're calling themselves now, yeah. right? Yeah, Make sure. Yeah, is. Brother Larry Barker and uh, his whole team uh, were down there, put on a fantastic just two-day conference for pastors and their wives. I came away with a ton of books, thanks to uh, Healthy Church Solutions, uh, BMA Seminary, and our sponsor, CBC. A lot of different guys. CBC had had a big old stack there. I know I got some from Duffy Guyton. Duffy is the Director of Church Relations for Central Baptist College, and Central Baptist College is our podcast sponsor. If you are looking for a place to send your students to have them go to that next level of education that is Christ-focused, Central Baptist College is a place for you to to check out. You can find information at cbc.edu, and I would encourage you to, to at least let them know about the school. Um, you could take them there for a personal visit, but either way, check out cbc.edu. You may find that you need to work on some more education yourself. You may need to finish a bachelor's degree. They have a PACE program. So I'd encourage you to, to reach out again at cbc.edu. You'll find information in their show notes where you can contact them directly. Well, Chris, again, we're talking about this idea of criticism, and it is something we may not want to hear. It may be something that is positive for us. There's all sorts of things surrounding criticism, but you know what? I bet at some point in your ministry, you have been criticized. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I've got a lady uh, who sits behind me in church every Sunday and she does not like my beard. She talks about it um, a lot of times. She's she just Every now and then she'll compliment it whenever I get it trimmed. Uh, but that just means, you know, to me, it's like her saying, get it trimmed a little bit more, like totally gone. So yeah, criticism <laughs> is real. Criticism is real. Um, we have to deal with it. My grandmother doesn't even like my beard. That's kind of sad. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It is okay. You know, it it can fall into all sorts of things. Criticism of our, our beards. Um, it might be our hair. I, I have a church member. He is the principal at George Elementary in Springdale now, but for years, the superintendent of schools in Springdale would always give him a hard time saying, you need to cut that hair. You need to cut that hair. And so now Dr. Rollins has retired. And so he's not hearing that same thing, but guess what? That church member cut his hair anyway. So it's, it's all worked out. But criticism again can take a lot of forms. It can be about something physical. It can be about even our philosophy of ministry and how we're handling things. 
but we want to talk about that today because we need to know how to deal with it. And whether you've been in ministry again for just a few months or many, many years, you're going to get criticized. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. There's going to be somebody come along and go, well, you know, we used to do it this way, or I really don't like that. Or, and some of the tough ones can be, well, is that scriptural? I mean, we want to evaluate all of those things and we want to look into them, but it is important that we think about criticism today. Well, Chris, as we talk about this, there's probably kind of two sides to criticism. Um, there's the positive and negative. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so as we were talking about this earlier and just um, been rolling around in my mind, you know, I, I got to thinking that criticism can certainly be negative, but there's also the the, the positive type of criticism that that we uh, that we can identify as well. And so, uh, just on those two thoughts, if we if we're thinking about criticism, uh, I would say there's two types. Uh, for this, for our purposes, there's positive and there's negative, like we've already said. And just a couple of things about the positive criticism. One, this needs to be invited into our life, I think. Mm. Um, we need to invite positive criticism. So just a couple of examples that I think we would all agree upon. Um, one would be as as youth leaders, as, as pastors, uh, we're called to preach the gospel and we're called to do that in an excellent way. And if you've had any kind of training in this way, formal training in this way. You've had a preaching class of some sorts, maybe, or even if you haven't, you you are familiar with the fact that you go through kind of this open public criticism of oh, of yeah. your of the sermon <laughs> process. Uh, you you know, and it's just it's just gut wrenching. I've heard story after story of of people who used to sit in Dr. Thomas's preaching class at CBC. And uh, if you're listening and you have one of those stories, Man, feel free to share it uh, with us somehow. But you know, I, I've heard stories, uh, brother, brother Cliff, my pastor, of how he was uh, in preaching class, and I can't remember if it was Doctor Thomas or if this was Doctor Mitchell, but one of the two. Uh, if if you were preaching and you said um or uh, you had one of those you know space fillers, they would drop a bolt or a nut into a tin can and just make a loud noise in the middle of your sermon just to emphasize the fact that you said um or you said wow. um, you know just to try to get that out and it's so hard to do right i mean but we 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 need that kind of of criticism so that we can become aware uh that that's that's the the purpose that we or the reason why we need to invite that type of criticism into our life we need to we need to be aware of the things that need to be changed about our uh our processes our our preaching even you know, we we offer we we want or excuse me we we invite positive criticism not only in preaching but in other areas of life as well. I mean, if we're if we're if any of us are athletic, uh, we we offer that kind of positive criticism, or at least we should in in whatever sport that we grew up playing or even currently play. Uh, I know in, in high school I played basketball. I wanted to get better. Well, how do I get better? Well, I offer I offer myself up to the chopping block of criticism, saying, "Hey, you need to change. You need to change your shot. You need to do this." Uh, and then ultimately, I needed someone to tell me, "Chris, you're never going to play past high school, and you need to be okay with that." And, you know, so those kind of things we, we need in our life, you know, we've talked in the, in the past how, I mean, I, and I know several of our listeners are into disc golf. Well, man, I, I need to go play with people who are better than me and I need to get their input, their advice. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm offering myself up to criticism. I'm showing them what I'm doing. And then I'm saying, Hey, help me, help me fix this. Right. And then they're going to first break me down say, well, you're doing this, this, and this wrong. And this is how you need to correct it. So criticism isn't all bad. 
we need positive criticism. But then there's negative criticism. And that's really what we're getting at in this podcast, right? That's how to deal yeah, with, yeah. Negative, with negative criticism. And Before you get to that, Chris, I, yeah. I got to share my Dr. Thomas story because oh, yeah. I was one of those guys. And it must have been Dr. Mitchell's class that would drop the nut into the the tin can because okay. that sounds like a Dr. Mitchell thing that he's okay. going to torment his students. Because um, I, was, I was there that first semester and I remember the amount of work we had to do in his Old Testament survey class. And so he was a man who liked to push. And to push us hard. And I'm so thankful for him. He's gone with in, with the Lord now. But Dr. Thomas, we had to record these v- video. It was, you know, VHS. And so a big video camera would sit up at the back of the room and they would record you. And so not only do you have the fear of preaching in front of a bunch of preacher friends, then you've got Dr. Thomas in the class. Then you have to sit and watch it with Dr. Thomas in his office alone. And Dr. Thomas was one of these men who were just very dry, and he would just use his low voice and go, well, brother, that may have not been a good choice. You know, I mean, that was <laughs> his mindset. And I, I just remember giving my illustration because I had talked, was talking about temptation and, and painted this picture of how a tempting a, this great piece of chocolate cake would be. And he's like, that didn't have anything to do with your sermon, did it? <laughs> it was just painful. But you yeah. know, you, you leave yourself, like you said, up for these opportunities of criticism. I'm in Taekwondo and I've had an instructor all along the way. And he would say, all right, kick higher, push, push your leg this way. You know, do, your body needs to go this direction. Part of it was for my own protection so that I was do, doing things correctly. Um, and then part of it was just for this idea of so that I could be better in the process. And I know you're, you're involved in CrossFit or have been. And so you want to do things a certain way so that your body will be able to keep doing those things for the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm in CrossFit and we have, uh, constant, correction happening. Right, but you know, right. let, let's connect this to something that I think is a little bit more meaningful, in fact a lot more meaningful than the sports we play and all this kind of thing, but just proving the point that we need to uh, we need to accept this positive criticism, not just invite it, but accept it most of the time, uh, but especially when it comes to things of God's word because 2 Timothy 3:16 tells us that the the word of God is breathed out, right? All yeah, scripture is, yeah. is breathed out and that it's profitable for something, right? That it's profitable for for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, reproving, yeah. right? For yeah. training in righteousness. And so it's this idea that that we as as followers of Christ, we we should be uh constantly receiving teaching um, from mm-hmm. God's word. We yeah. we we should allow that teaching to correct us. Right to show us where we're wrong, correct us. Or to uh, re- the, the better idea there is uh, where it start where it says rebuke us or reprove us. Right, show us what we're doing wrong, and then correct us uh, to show us the right way to move forward. That that's positive criticism. That's the kind of criticism that we should invite and accept. Now, all that said, um, there is that negative criticism. There's uh, there's people. There's um, just different ideas out there that are going to come really against us in what we think and in what we in what we do. There's outside voices that that offer their critique of what we're doing right, um, right. all the time. Uh, there, there's outside voices of the church, right, who don't believe in Christ, 
who are going to be critical of everything that we teach mm. and say. They're going to yeah. say that we're brainwashing people. They're going to say all sorts of things to, as, as, a, as a criticism and really as a slander at that point toward the things of Christ and toward our, our ministries. So we just know that there's outside voices that are going to offer their critique. But then sometimes what's what's often the what, what hits us blindly right, or blindsides us rather is yeah. is the critique that comes from inside voices, people who are within the church or people mm-hmm. who are within yeah. our tribe or within our uh, our work within the the walk uh, the way of Christ. Um, and so, how do we deal with that? That's what what we're getting down to. And, and before we jump into just the how to. I would offer uh, just a couple of thoughts that many times this criticism, this type of negative criticism from inside voices uh, and even outside voices, but it's coming based on perception or preference. So Mm. they perceive something about you or your ministry or something you've said uh, or something you've done. They perceive something. And so therefore it, it compels them to offer a negative critique. Not a positive one, but a negative one. So it's a, it, it can base, be based on perception. But then also um, kind of in tandem with that is that person's preference, preference toward a particular thing. Um, uh, so, for instance, let's just use an example here, one that I think is common for most people who are listening to this podcast is there's, there's a preference when it comes to uh, a type of music, Right. Right, right. And there's a preference when it comes to a type of music within our churches. And for for many, if they hear a type of music being sung in a particular place, to them, that just does not work. And if you're the one leading that type of music that they don't prefer in that particular place, that they are expecting something else, well, all of a sudden, that can invite them to offer negative critique. Now, none of that is based on uh, truth at that point. All it is is based on preference because we haven't got into the matter of, of what song you're actually singing or wh- what's the purpose behind you singing that song. Is, is the song actually a good song? And, and it's just a, a matter of this person doesn't like the instruments that are being played and it just doesn't make sense to them to have all this other. So you get what I'm saying. There's, there's preference involved. Mm, and a lot yes. of times... What happens with even within us, not just people out there, so to speak, is we allow our preferences to um, be elevated above conviction of truth. And whenever we allow preferences to become elevated above conviction of truth, then that's when negative criticism occurs toward other people. That's when relationships are severed or there's at least some kind of break in fellowship because of that negative type of critique. And people are not what we would say, seeing eye to eye on things. So that's the negative criticism. And we could say a lot more about it. Those are just a couple of thoughts that that um, I had as far as just why people have negative critique, why we have negative criticism to give a lot of times. And it's, it, a lot of times it's based on perception um, and personal preference. Uh, so now let's, I mean, let's talk about how to how to deal with it within ministry. Well, you know, I think it is great that you highlighted those because knowing where criticism is coming from, from that individual is very helpful. Now, it doesn't provide a solution. It just is helpful if we understand. Um, you know, I've got, I got a few things that we can, we can take, we can apply, and, and that's important. Um, as we're dealing with criticism, 
you may have not always dealt with it in the best manner. Um, you may have responded in a discouraging way to the rest of the body, um, but it is, it's something as you grow, as you get older, um, you see some different things happen, uh, but you may still struggle. So here are a few things. The first is this. When you get criticized, again, we're talking kind of that negative criticism that you receive from the church. Not necessarily talking about the positives, but the negatives there. At least that's what it feels like. Number one, take a moment or three. Now, notice I didn't say just a moment or two, but a moment or three. Here's why. Because if we react, if we are prone to reacting, then usually nothing great comes out of that. Now, that's not my personality. I'm not the type that is somebody's going to say something and then I'm going to just boom, react. You know, you somebody sends you a, an email and they complain about something that happened in youth group or they saw something in the worship service or they see a student show up with the inappropriate dress or anything like that, what, whatever that looks like. For some, there's that reaction. People will automatically react. And so I would say if you're prone to that, definitely if you're prone to that, take a moment or three. Step back from the situation. Go, hey, let me think about this. Let me look at this. Don't just automatically respond to a text or an email, but just take a moment or three. The second is this. Respond in humility. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2 to follow the example that Christ had, who, who was willing to take the form of man and die for us. And so if he is willing to be humble, man, we should be willing to be humble in that situation, to receive that criticism. And it's not going to kill us. And it is not going to tear us to pieces. Now, words hurt, and they do, but we need to respond in humility, realizing that there might be something to it. And so it's important for us to, that kind of ties with number three, is to, to pull these together, is to consider your own faults, your own mistakes, your things that you need to fix. Perhaps they've come to you, and you haven't thought something all the way through. You've just said, hey, we're going to do this. This will be great. It'll be wonderful. But you didn't think about this, this, and this. And at the end of the day, you should have thought about this and this because it was an issue of safety or it was an issue of theology that you just weren't considering before. I mean, there's all sorts of things. So we need to consider our own faults as we receive that criticism. But understand, sometimes it comes from a place of preference. It comes from their own personal viewpoint and, and matter. And it may not be any sort of fault on yours, but it is important for us to look at it. Number four is to consider the source. Think about the person who is criticizing. Now, is this somebody who always offers criticism? Is they Are they negative about everything? Do they never say anything positive? And then it may be somebody that has very little influence, very little control, very you know, all of these type of things. Now, we don't want to just totally dismiss what they're saying, but it is important for us to understand that there are people that have a much greater say in your life than others and that you need to listen to. Your lead pastor, you need to listen to him. <laughs> and so if he comes to you and it feels like a very negative word that he's sharing, you need to listen to him much more than just some random person that you run into on the street. You know, I don't like your face. I mean, it, you just ignore some folks, and there's an important reason to do that. And then the fifth is to inform your pastor and discuss this issue with your pastor. And what I'm saying here is that if you receive criticism from somebody in your congregation, 
you need to be on the same page as your pastor. It is important for us to talk about those things, to to lean into them and go, okay, here's what I did wrong. Here's what the people are saying. And sometimes I hate that that phrase, but well, some people don't like this. And some people, no, you don't like that. And that's the criticism that is criticism that we hear. But when those things start popping up, we want to inform our lead pastor because that's one of the, the biggest crimes is for him to be out of the loop. You need him to be there. You're a part of his team. You're working together to lead those people. And man, it's just so important. I have had pastors over the years who who said, well, I'll be, I'll back you up every time, but I need to know that it happened. I need to know what's going on. And so it's important for us to discuss those things with our pastor. And so those are just some real quick things. And you've got this idea that you need to take a moment or three, that you need to respond in humility, that you need to consider your own faults and your own things that you need to fix, that you need to consider the source, and then you need to make sure that your pastor is in the loop. Inform your pastor and discuss it with him. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. You know, as you were think, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, Proverbs fifteen one: a soft answer turns away wrath, but mm-hmm. a harsh word stirs up anger. And just the thought that you know we can't control how a person critiques us, but we can't control how we respond to it. Oh, that's good. That's we good. can't control we can't control what other people do, but we can't control our response. And, uh, and also I, I would offer in that, that we need to respond with gentleness and with humility, uh, and remembering that those two things are not inherent within us as human beings, that we have been, as Christians, we have been transformed into new creatures. And as new creatures, we have been, uh, given the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of Christ to live within us. And so that means that the fruit of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5 is not ours inherently. It is, it is the Spirit's. And so that means that we don't, we don't somehow magically become more gentle within, a, uh, within ourselves or uh, more patient. We, we can't become more of those things because if, if, those, if that fruit is not ours and it's the Holy Spirit's, well, it's already his, and he doesn't become more of those things. He already is perfectly mm-hmm. gentle, perfectly mm-hmm. patient. So what does that mean for you and me and our response? Well, it means that we don't just muster up the, the human willpower to say, okay, I'm going to be more gentle right now. It means that we get on our knees and we humbly submit to the Lordship of Christ, and we say, Jesus, I need you to be gentle right now because I don't want to be. Yeah. I need you to be patient right now because I can't be. Uh, I'm trusting you to be what you've promised to be, and, and that when we when we take that attitude of submission to the Lord, that humble attitude, well, that's when that's when we can begin to respond, not in a harsh way, as Proverbs fifteen one says, but with a with a soft with a soft answer, and yeah. uh, that that'll look different in each scenario. But what looks the same in each scenario is our submission to the Lord. And just a couple other things, Dan. Uh, well, I, I probably should stop there. Do, do you, does that spark anything within you that we need to well, maybe camp one out of on the for things, a minute? Yeah, one of the things that I wanted to, to mention is that humility, gentleness, that is not weakness. Um, sometimes it takes more strength to be patient with somebody and more strength to respond to humility than any other thing. And so 
the the immediate reaction, the human side of us says, well, that's I'm just being weak towards that person who has just gotten up in my face or just attacked me. Uh, but it's not. It's relying on God for strength, for courage, for patience. And man, we've got to have those things as we deal with the critical voices that that attack. We got to remember that, you know, as human beings, our sinful nature wants to poke out our chest. Yeah. But Jesus, Jesus very intentionally said, turn the other cheek. Yeah. So we, we've got to we've got to remember that what we've been called to be and to do is radically different than what we as human beings and what our world often promotes to be right. And, and I think that just prompts us to, to recognize something that whenever we get re- criticism from whomever it is, that we're 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 all sinners. We, a lot of times we receive that that criticism, that negative criticism, as if we're the perfect party and they're the offending party. <laughs> In other words, we victimize ourselves. We, yeah. we say, I'm the victim yeah. here, right? Um, and we've got to be careful with that because we're all sinners. We're all sinners. Uh, the person who's critiquing you is a sinner. You who's being critiqued, you're a sinner. Uh, and so n- nobody involved in this situation has the capacity to be perfect or to be the unoffending party, so to speak. Now, don't hear me wrong. I, I know that there's often criticism that comes across, and yes, you you are, by definition, the victim of that, but I hope you understand what I'm saying there. I hope people are hearing yeah. my, my heart behind that and, and getting that. Um, but we're all sinners, and so we, we that means that we approach, we respond in, in a humble way, like you're saying. Um, and one other thing that, that I would just offer, and, and we can talk about this, is I wrote it down, don't poke the critical bear. That's good. <laughs> Don't poke the critical bear. Look, you can take that and use it and and apply it however you want to out there, guys. Listen, you got people in your church. They just they want to be critical. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Don't poke the critical bear, right? And on another thing I would say, some people intentionally want to poke the critical Facebook bear. Oh yeah. Yeah. I probably don't even have to say anything else. I don't have to explain that. People know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't poke the critical Facebook bear. If if, if you're going to, look, if you do that, I'm going to just go out on a limb and I'm going to say that. If, if your desire is to constantly just put things on Facebook, on social media, to offer up uh, 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 basically a, a pinata for people to come <laughs> and just hit with negative criticism, You've got a victim problem. I've used that word more than once, but I mean it. That means that you like to feel like the victim. You like to feel like everybody's beating up on you so that you can somehow become better within your own self. You know, that sounds a little bit more twisted than probably what it should be, but I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Don't poke the critical bear. There's no point. There's no point whatsoever. It It doesn't promote anything of of value when it comes to the kingdom of God when you just intentionally poke the critical Facebook bear or any other bear that that might be a critical one. Poking bears is usually a bad idea just in general. So Yeah, I mean nobody do that. <laughs> Don't poke any bear figuratively or literally. Or literally. Well, Chris, I'm I'm glad we've had a chance to talk about this. Uh, dealing with criticism is something that that we're going to deal with in in ministry, there's somebody, always somebody, who's going to have a different opinion than you do, a different thought about what that looks like. Uh, but we want to keep pushing on. We want to deal with it, and we want to learn how to, to better deal with it. Do you have something to add, Chris? 
No, man, this has been okay. a good conversation. I know we could keep we could keep talking about it, but I, I feel like we I feel like we've poked the bear enough. <laughs> I just think about all the examples that are running through my head of times when I've received a a critical word, and we're, but we're not going to share all of those right now. So, well, again, we're thankful that you've joined us on this journey as we've been talking about student ministry and dealing with criticism. And we keep pushing forward and we'll keep working and we'll, we'll deal with it because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.